Hey, let's have a devotion. Joshua chapter three. The Israelites' faces are still wet with the tears that they cried for Moses' death. And God has told Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. It's a huge deal because Moses was the only leader of the Israelites that they'd ever known for an entire generation. They'd been baptized into the Red Sea. Like 1 Corinthians 10, which we covered yesterday, says they baptized into the clouds, pillar of clouds, pillar of fire that they were baptized in and led by throughout the Exodus time. Now they're going to be baptized again, this time into the raging Jordan River. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, sometimes called the Pentateuch, were all authored under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit by Moses. There are some speculative, and they're just purely speculative theories about like multiple authors for Genesis, for example, the JEDP theory. But all of this is speculative. None of it is necessary. I believe that Moses was the human instrument who composed the entirety of the Pentateuch. But when we get to the very end, there's this tricky part that you have to account for because it describes Moses' death and burial. So how does Moses describe his own death and his own burial? I believe that God could work through Moses to write prophetic things. He'd, he'd even done it going all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. We could see these prophecies about the Messiah even. So we already see Moses, even in the law, prophesying things that come to fruition in the future. The whole book of Numbers and the whole book of Deuteronomy, for example, I've taught through those in the past. They all point forward to Jesus, point forward to Jesus, point forward to Jesus. So it's, it's entirely possible that Moses described his own death prophetically. There's some who speculate that it was a scribe who just tacked on to the very end the obituary for Moses, saying the number of years that he lived, which is the exact number of years that God gave to a human lifespan in Genesis 6. But I believe that it could have been Joshua too, precisely because God told Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Do you remember when your, your mentor left the one who just discipled you moved on to another context and you felt all alone and it was time for you to step up. That's Joshua. That's Joshua. At any other time, they could have just stepped over the Jordan River. At this time of year, where while they're right there on the banks, it's raging. It was one thing for a few spies to get across the river to come back and report, but you got three million people Accounting for the elderly, those with special needs, infants, it's impossible to get three million people across this white-capped, raging river. God brought them miraculously across the desert, and now here they are on the bank of a raging river that they can't get across. Do you know that God brought them there at that time because the river was raging? He knew exactly what he was doing. And so here's Moses. He's buried on the distant shore, just like Hebrews 11 prophesies, he welcomes from a distance what God promised. And now here's Joshua stepping into Moses' shoes. And he has this direct promise from God. All right, in Joshua chapter 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, um, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. That's quite a way to begin. That was epic. That was a heart-crushing ordeal. Now you... And all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I'm giving to the Israelites. I've given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. It's a huge promise that began with the covenant with Abraham 
And now here it is on the verge of being totally fulfilled. In Joshua chapter three, Joshua started early the next morning and left the Acacia Grove with all the Israelites. They went as far as the Jordan and stayed there before crossing. After three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God carried by the Levitical priests, you are to break camp and follow it. But keep a distance of about a thousand yards between yourselves and the Ark. Don't go near it so that you can see the way to go, for you haven't traveled this way before. The Ark of the Covenant was the direct presence of God on the earth at the time. And if you've ever seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know that you're supposed to keep a distance from this thing. They say a thousand yards, like 10 football fields away. You can just barely squint and see, like I think that's the Levites. They've been told to get ready, to consecrate themselves before the Lord because they know that God's going to do great things through them. Let's continue in the text. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves because the Lord will do wonders among you tomorrow. Then he said to the priests, carry the Ark of the Covenant and go on ahead of the people. So they carried the Ark of the Covenant and went ahead of them. Can you imagine what that was like? Imagine being on Levitical duty and you are one of, like the, the description for the Ark was that it had these poles that ran length of it. So it was carried by four people. Imagine that you are one of the two dudes on the front. And the, all of you guys go in together into this tent that gives you the heebie-jeebies. And there's this young buck, Joshua, who thinks he's Moses. He was actually about 86 at the time. And you're like, good grief. He wants me to carry this thing into a raging river. But, you know, you guys all, you, you play paper, rock, scissors, you know, and, and then you, you, chose, you chose rock because it seems like the most sensible of the three, and then you get beaten because paper covers rock. Why does that beat rock? It's just gift wrapped now. Why, why did I lose? Why do I always pick rock? Why do you do this? We've talked about this. And so now you're stuck on the front, and then you guys all count together in Hebrew, Aleph, Beit, Gimel, and you bend down, you pick up the ark, and it's on your shoulders, and it gives you the heebie-jeebies, and you try not to trip, because if you stumble forward, and then the ark hits you in the back of the head, you get hit in the back of the head by God, and you die. You know, just ask Uzzah. And so you guys are walking toward the Jordan River, and you get to the edge of the waters, and like there is a literal step of faith. I wish I could freeze frame in my mind that moment before the Levite in front stepped over water, but then landed on dry ground. Continue in the text. This is this is incredible. This is another Old Testament foreshadowing to New Testament baptism. The Lord spoke to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, so they will know that I will be with you just as I was with Moses. Command the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the water, stand in the Jordan. That's asking a lot from the perspective of the Levites, but we know that God's able, amen? So Joshua told the Israelites, come closer and listen to the words of the Lord your God. He said, you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly dispossess before you the Canaanites, Hethites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. When the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of the whole earth goes ahead of you into the Jordan, now choose 12 men from among the tribes of Israel, one man from each tribe. When the feet of the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of the whole earth, I love that addition, it's a good reminder, isn't it? Come to rest in the Jordan's water, its water will be cut off. The water flowing downstream will stand up in a mass. When the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant ahead of the people, 
Now the Jordan overflows its banks throughout the harvest season. But as soon as the priests carrying the ark reached the Jordan, their feet touched the water at its edge and the water flowing downstream stood still, rising up in a mass that extended as far as Adam, a city next to Zarethan. The water flowing downstream into the city, into the Sea of Arabah, that's the Dead Sea, was completely cut off and the people crossed opposite Jericho. The priests carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood firmly on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all Israel crossed on dry ground until the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan. That is an Old Testament foreshadowing of baptism. God had baptized the first generation of Israelites through the Red Sea. He baptizes this new generation of Israelites through the crossing of the Jordan River. So that is why we baptize people today. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, God has been baptizing his people even since the Old Testament. If you haven't been baptized yet, go to redemptionwashington.com, fill out the connect card, check the second box, and let us know you need to be baptized. If you haven't been celebrating baptism accordingly, all right, make some joyful noise to the Lord the next time you see someone come up out of the water because you're seeing something that God spent thousands of years establishing. And if you haven't fully appreciated your own baptism, would you take a moment to thank God for the deep roots of baptism itself? Because just like the Israelites, God carried you through something that you couldn't have gone through. And by the time you get to the other side, just like the Israelites who build a, an altar of 12 stones to commemorate what God did and point back at it and say, that's the time that God carried us across. Maybe you need to build an altar of 12 stones to look back at your baptism and say, God, thank you for carrying me through my own conversion story.